Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. A big welcome to episode three of season four of the Young Hearts Run Free podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in and keeping on listening to us. I am joined as ever by my co-host John Cassidy. How are you doing today, John? I'm I'm very well. Lovely to be here, Stephen. It's lovely to hear you nice and crisp and clear today. Yeah, I am back on the um, in the land of the living mm. after a, a, a few weekends down in Landon Town. Are you seeing be liking it down there? I'm glad you're back and amongst us and amongst your own folk. I'm back. I'm back. My bank balance couldn't survive much longer. <laughs> we should say this is the final week of the school holidays as well, so you'll still be getting a wee bit of battering about Daddy's wallet. That was still that. That's definitely the case. But anyway, we're here. Yeah. We're back with another episode, another cracker in store. And we mm. just. But first, John, I want to get a wee update for you. What, what's how's your diet going? Oh. I'm six pun doing. Is that how they say it? And he's, I can see it. Aye, I'm six pun doing. I think a pun to that was my beard. When I took, <laughs> when I took that off. But no, um, I'm doing really well, man. Um, my 100-day diet started on the 23rd of September. So um, I'm not eating... I'm eating biscuits. I'm not eating chocolate biscuits. Oh, okay. That's the small changes. Yep. Yeah, I'm... I'm generally trying not to snack as much. Um, if I do feel like snacking, oh man, I've changed. I'm picking up things like walnuts and Brazil nuts and all that. Fucking carry on. And then, but what I've also found, and I hate to be careful with this, I've found a wee passion for hot and spicy Pringles. Oh. Right? I hate to be careful with them, man. So they are. I, I can. I must have missed them totally. I've done the cheese and onion and all that and carry on, but hot and uh-huh. Oof, they're, brought, they're not too hot. They've just got a nice flavour to them. Okay. But yeah, six pounds off. Um, still, no. No, still no drinking, so still off the bevy. That's made a massive difference. And I'm enjoying my running, which is what we're here to talk about. Brilliant. That's 12 bags of sugar doing when you're running. So I can see it in your splits on Strava, actually. You're fair. Whopping along these days. Yeah. You know what? I am running, I'm not fast, but I'm running faster for me, but it feels like the same effort. So there's got to be a, there's a difference. Something's yeah. happened. And Brilliant. what I tell you, once I start doing surge runs, Ooh. I can hold me back. <laughs> surge runs up hills. <laughs> All coming. will be revealed. All will Brilliant. be revealed shortly. That's good. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll have a regular update on John's 100 day diet so we'll keep you updated on that one keep you accountable because you know me the wheels can come off at any time right um no what so that's a wee update for me but I would like you to give us an update about the chili what's happening with the chili where are we so the chili trail race 10k multi-terrain run happening on Saturday the 6th of November in Ochterarda Hosted by Young Hearts Run Free in terms of entertainment provided by Young Hearts Run Free on the mic. And that's you know, if, if that's not worth the sign up 
alone. I don't know what is, but yeah, there is entries are, are kind of flying in. I think there's there's more than 300 people signed up for the, the race now and entries are still open on Entry Central. Or you can check the 300 off. names I've got to shout out. Ah, it is. 301 was my last check. So there's still a- capacity for a wee bit of mayor. Right, I might allocate everybody a nickname as they're coming back. No, I'm, no, let's not do that. But that was good. So I think, you know what, I think we can actually now call it Scotland's premier multi-terrain event. <laughs> well, I don't know if that is um, an award that we can give ourselves or, or whatever, but let the fans decide afterwards what they think. And I'm sure it will still rise to the top. Because no, it's, it is, it's a nice, it's a nice we and um, it's a nice atmosphere, shall we yeah, say. And, I've seen and we love a party with a happy atmosphere. Oh, aye. Bit, eh? That's on the playlist. That's now on the playlist. <laughs> yeah, if you've um, got, in fact, if anybody's got any songs for the, the playlist for the chili, then feel free to fire them in our direction. The wackier, the better. The cheesier, the better. Everybody loves a bit of cheese at the start. Absolutely Great. fantastic. So... Um, oh, I hate to play Young Hearts Run Free. Oh, that's as the, the starting gun's going, everybody's gone. I could even do a live version of the intro music for this podcast. That'll get them running. Aye, that would get them running for the hills, and there is hills. Aye, well, perfect segue. Thank you very much. You spotted some of the socials this week where you've revealed or the last couple of weeks you've revealed the merch yep. that's on the go, which is available to purchase. And then you've also revealed the elevation. I've seen that right. just, just the last couple of days, did I not? Yeah. Yeah, it's got, it's a 10K, like I say, and it's got about 800 foot or so of climb. And yeah, what goes up must come down, starts and finishes in the same place. So every uphill, there's a downhill, and the downhills are all behind you after two miles. Yeah. Challenging start. Definitely, no, not not the start, but the in the first mile and a half is sort of challenging ascent. Yep. The big question for me is always: Do you come back with dry feet or no? No. A couple of, couple of burn crossings in there, so a couple of burn crossings and a couple of muddy patches oh. that, with a sprinkling of liquid sunshine that we've been having recently, have been are, are just building up nicely. I'm just being transported back to the photos for last year. There was all sorts of muddy photos going on, wasn't there? The folk tried to stay nice and clean and then, woof, away Aye. you go. Nah, you, the, the burn crossings come after the muddy part, so the burn crossings act as some sort of, you know, place to rinse the mud off your, your shoes. There's two burn crossings and, and they're almost like, they remind me of the, you know, you used to go into the swimming pool when back in the day and you had to go through that. That pool. That was ankles. Ah, <laughs> it was freezing cold. That's right. Aye. Well, basically, this is the chilly equivalent or a foot dip for for, <laughs> for the route, and it yeah, yeah. gives them a good rinse. Nature's foot dip. Brilliant. Right. So, so yeah, entry central. Look for chilly trail or visit Facebook, Walker yeah. Ardor running festival page, and you can get all the details and sign ups. But aye, it would be great to see some familiar faces. Definitely. And I do believe there's a few Young Hearts Run Free listeners coming along. We've had a fair bit of contact about that. So, um, 
yeah, it'd be great to see people. And if you're coming along, come up and say hello. Definitely. We're really quite friendly, actually. So come and say hello. Um, I might, I might have some stickers in my pocket. So there you go, it's a wee teaser. Right, maybe order some more of them. Um, okay, I have to give. We're now going to do, if you don't mind, a few wee shout outs. I've got a couple of things. Last week, when Stephen was hiding behind a hedge in London, I remember recording the intro. I got quite excited. I was, I meant to mention Gillian McGill. Gillian McGill did the Glasgow to Edinburgh Ultra. And I meant to mention it last week, but I got all excited about Robbie Britton's book and things like that and the intro that I forgot to mention it. So a belated, very well done to Gillian. Gillian watched her Strava throughout the year. Um, she'd been working really hard and she she smashed it, the Glasgow to Edinburgh Ultra. So very well done. Here, here. Yep. Another shout out, must go a local athlete, Greg Stevenson, who last weekend did the Ockles to Lomans Traverse. He didn't have. Or as Greg calls it, morning run. Morning run on Strava. You need to update that, Greg. Make Aye. it stand, stand out for the crowd a bit more. But yeah, what was that, 42-odd 40, miles? Just Well, just shy of 42 miles in six hours, 43 minutes. So he did, he ran from, did we say, Sheriff Muir to Falkland. Yep, but, traversing but, the Ockles and the, the Lomond Hill Lomond. ranges. So a fantastic Which, feat, absolutely brilliant. Great stuff. Yeah, no, I think, well done. Aye, and did it, Obby Zane Steam, planned it all, did all that sort of stuff. I know he had a sort of support crew and there was some, some folk there helping out. Yep. Actually, I think, Lindsay was obviously there. Ali McGill was out. Uh-huh. And Pam was out. It's almost like they had the River Tay Way mob. Ah, right you enough. Right Aye, enough. And no, the one thing that I noticed, because um, I knew that Greg was doing this, um, was there had been that rain locally in the Ockles. And the Ockles, when they're wet, are a pretty trudgy hill range to, to march across. That would have added to the challenge. So, you know, mm. one thing doing that route in the summer, but you know, planning it for this time of year. So, brilliant. Well done, Greg. Aye. I'll not be following you. <laughs> Aye, so, um, yeah, very well done. Awesome achievement. So, well done. Um, we've also got to speak about the smiling runner, Jo Murphy. Bye. She's She's got a big weekend coming up. Definitely. Definitely. Sorry, we should maybe put a wee disclaimer in. There are other runners that smile. But I smile from time to time. Aye, but nobody smiles like Joe Murphy. So, want to wish Joe all the very best. Joe's going down to the Gloucester 24-hour event that's taking place this weekend. Be big fans of what Joe does. Both, I'm always amazed just by just her general runs, and then she just seems to up the level when she gets into the sort of the the biggies. This is a big this weekend. So it's, it's 24 hours round the track, so 400 meter track. Yeah, 24 hours. It's yeah, pretty much need to get your left hand turn sorted out. How do you ken it's going to be a left hand turn? Well, that's the way that our running tracks run, is it? No. Oh, right. That's another debate. Anyway, clockwise. It's something to do with the um. That there's there's reasons behind it. In fact, it's worth a Google, John. Why it's a run on a track 
counterclockwise. It's to do with internal organs and weighted in, in the body or something. I'm sure I read that. I'm maybe making it up. <laughs> if only we had a doctor we could ask. Well, oh, if, oh, if only. Um, now, so anyway, whatever happens, they're going counterclock. You will be going counterclockwise. Stephen affirms that, Joe. So I wish you all the very best. They maybe change yeah. it up halfway through. I don't know. Aye, so whatever happens, have a great weekend. Absolutely, yeah, we'll be watching all about it. Definitely. Cool. Okay, um, now, Stephen, a new segment to the Young Arts Run Free podcast. Oh, oh, live and interactive. Everybody's heard of Strictly, everybody's heard of Bake Off, but I'm no very sure if they've heard of Schwank Off. So, so a a live Schwank. A live schwank. Wait a minute. I have, Steve and I have both got a box. I'm just making up noises while I'm, while I'm doing that. Um, I think I revealed mine last week, actually. Ah, I've not even turned it off. I think I revealed mine last week when we were speaking to um, Robbie Britton. But you hinted that you'd, you'd had a new arrival in the house. Oh, John's just put out an ASICS box. I'll, ASICS I'll, I'll, box. I'll describe this. Yeah. An ASICS box, and he is now unboxing the the newbies. Still got the delivery hang it and the free hang for Virgin oh. Wine if you want a fifty pound. Is that a little bag of Haribo in there? Me? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, here they come! Oh, they are bright red bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> bright red, Come what? They're exactly the same as the pair I wear in the new. Fifty quid. There you go. Right, that's it. So that's my contribution to the oh, swank off. And this mutual swank off continues. Okay, show us your box. Oh, it's a Nike or Nike box. Just yeah. do it, man. It Bright is a Nike box. A Nike, Nike box. Okay, so new pair of trail runners for, for, for Steve. <laughs> you ready for this, John? <laughs> oh, gone then. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's up? Oh yeah, fuck! They're like, oh my god, they're like iron brew trainers with the blue <laughs> and the bright neon orange Nike things. So, listen, tell me all about them. Oh man, these were um, in the sale, so I, I was sucked in with the fact that they were in the sale. They're Nike Terra Kiger sevens, and I, they'll no, you'll no go missing in the dark in them, will you? Danger, very, very like uh, you had a t shirt for them a few years ago. It was blue and orange, was it? No, aye, possibly, aye. aye. And I like, but there's a wee bit of green on the sole. There is, there is, just to bring it back. So yeah, I'll focus on that. At, if you looked at them this way, almost they, they could be construed as a certain team's away shirt for a couple of seasons ago, aye. but but they're no. very nice. I, I, I yeah, wish you health, you. I wish you health to wear them. Thank you. Thank you, I shall give an update on their performance. I don't think they'll be too great in the mud. But hey-ho, that doesn't get away from the fact that they were a bit of a bargain. He's not he's not revealing how much they cost, though. Oh, no, they were 60 quid. 60 <sighs> 60 quid. Man, Half price. Bad boys. And... Using the Young Hearts Run Free discount code on Nike.com. <laughs> there you go. All <laughs> right. Okay, so that's your first, maybe that's the first world exclusive Schwankoff. I think it could be. There, there can't have been another Schwankoff, surely. No. If there has, then point me in that direction. 
So I would also now want to hand this over to the listeners. Anybody out there that's getting a new pair of shoes, do an unboxing for them. It can be yep. static or it can be a video. Get your photos up on social media. Tag us in. Yeah, let's have a bit of yep. fun with it. Absolutely brilliant. And we, we can rate your swanks. <laughs> we can rate them for one to ten. We will. We shall rate them. We'll have some kind of database. <laughs> We've already, again, spoken for quite a wee while. Is it time to speak about this week's very special guest? I think it is. I think it's an appropriate stage to move over to more serious things, away from the the laughter of Schwanken and into the bit more topical stuff about running. (laughs) And we've got a, we've got a, a, a very good guest. Um, I'm sure if you've read the show description and the, the title, you'll know who it is already. So we're joined by Sophie Mullins this evening, um, who's kindly gave up her time for an hour and a bit, actually, to, to speak about both her own running. But we also touch on some really, really interesting topics, shall we say, that maybe even taking you and I by surprise a bit, John. Most definitely did. Um, and you know what? We're, Sophie's been, well, she's been on her radar as a runner for a long, long time, but she's also been on her radar as a want, a want guest for a, for a long time as well. And it happened for us quite quickly over the last week to 10 days. Um, shout out to Nikki Gibson for making it happen. Thank you, Nikki. It was an absolutely fascinating chat. Sophie, as Stephen says, was very very kind with her time and you know what we generally go in with a list of questions we didn't really do that with Sophie we just let, had a few questions to start and see where it went and my god did it go it was brilliant so yeah no I, it's really enjoyable yeah. insightful aye thought-provoking all these things all of these things um so yes and there's a wee we should also mention as well Sophie is launching a well, new career, a new website as well as a coach. Yep. And Sophie is also offering Young Hearts Run Free listeners a discount code if you want to take part. So all that will be in the show notes if, uh, if you want to hook up. But go and check out what Sophie's got on offer. There's a whole range of, what would you call them? Packages. Packages. Thank you, Stephen. I'll cut that when you pause out because I wasn't doing my thoughtful thing. Um, but yeah, let's get Sophie in. Let's do yeah. Let's do that. Coming up next, Sophie Mullins. Enjoy. Welcome to Young Hearts Run Free podcast, Sophie Mullins. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much for your time. I'm going to start at the most recent weekend, and I've written this down phonetically. And when I wrote it down phonetically, I did it wrong the first time, right? I actually wrote Peña Lagosa when it's actually Peña Golosa. I said the same thing, doesn't matter. But your most recent run that you had, how are you feeling now and how did your race go? I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I had a a very light shake out a couple of miles at lunchtime, felt all right. But the the race didn't really go to plan. Well, you know, we find that very interesting. Sometimes races are brilliant. We've all experienced that. Well, I maybe don't include myself in that. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know what it's really interesting and I think that's where the learning comes from when things don't go to plan so can you first of all can you explain what the race was that you were in the mileage the elevation things like that 
so it's a 60 kilometer mountain race that starts in Castellón um, and goes from from the coast up towards Peñagolosa. So it just goes around, skirts the top of the mountain and drops down to a sanctuary called San Joan or Hon. Um, and it's a very, very technical race with about three 3,300 meters of climbing, I think. Wow. When you say very technical, does that mean like there's no there's no path that you you pick in your own line? Um, there is a path, but at points it's like you know, like when builders have like a big thing of rubble. It's mm. like someone's just tipped that down a forty degree slope, and they're like, "That's the way." <laughs> ah, right, okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty much unrelenting rocks. Um, I mean, there were there were a few bits where you could move on, but a lot of the time it's it's very very rocky. Right. Um, Okay, and when you say maybe that things never went as planned, what what didn't go as planned for you? Oh, sorry, that, that's a bit abrupt, but that's how we roll. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, so normally I, you know, I get up, eat breakfast, I go to the race, and everything's fine. But for some reason, my body decided that actually bre- digesting breakfast at four twenty in the morning was completely impossible. Um, so I could feel I was I hadn't digested it, you know, at six o'clock on the start line. Um, and I just felt really sick for the first three hours. Um, okay. And I was aware that really the one thing you don't want to do is just to start being sick. Um, so I was trying to, to get in as much fuel as I could. But every mm-hmm. time, you know, I just really didn't want to get to that point where I was actually going to start being sick. So I ended up with 500 mils of fluid over three hours, um, and which, which was Morton. So at least I got in the max calories I could. but that isn't sufficient for three hours of technical mountain racing. Yeah, endeavour. Um, yeah, so so by that point it was really really quite tough to come back. Um, and so yeah, when I when I got to the about, it's pretty much it's halfway in distance, but you've still got most of the the climbing to go. Um, yes. Which was the first time I saw my mum who was crewing for me, and I arrived there and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm stopping. I just I'm so tired. I feel really sick. And and she's like, here you go. See you in Taras. And he handed me two bottles and was like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> so was that like that avoid eye contact thing? On you go, crack on. But yeah, uh-huh. can I can I ask though, Sophie, the early start, was that because of the heat? Um, I think it was, no, it's not really because it wasn't, it wasn't particularly hot. Um, I think it was it was to do with trying to get the most daylight. Right. Because uh, cool. so, the, the closing was at, was at nine o'clock in the evening. Okay. Um, so it meant we were running the, the first two and a bit hours with head torches, but then most people finished in daylight. Okay. And critical for me, what was for breakfast? Uh, so it was it was a muesli that I've been eating for months and months that we actually went out especially to go and get because we'd run out of it. And anyway, yeah, so it was all of it. Mm. Um, so I think I'm going to go back. And when I was in Scotland, I used to use uh, porridge and just overnight oats. I just have it mm. soaked and ready, so I think I'll be going back to back to that. Right, it's weird though, isn't it? Maybe it's just sometimes on that day, your body just reacts a wee bit differently, doesn't it? You know? Yeah, I mean, I haven't I haven't done an ultra in a couple of years, and I think it was just I think I should probably have practiced. I mean, I've, I've been thinking, oh, I should I should definitely get up and practice and do a you know get up at four, eat breakfast, go out for a run in the dark. And I just kept thinking, oh, I should, I should. Um, and then I kept prioritising sleep over doing that. Um, and I think it just took my body by surprise. And it was like, well, 
surely she's going to go back to bed at some point. (laughs) 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 But you did see it through, didn't you? you? You saw it to the end? I did, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was about an hour and 40 slower than I had planned. Um, but yeah, after Mum had sent me on, um, I started just trying to make friends and chat with people, and uh, which was quite funny because the guys here are so fast on the downhills because they've just grown up running down this technical descents, and I was faster going uphills. So, you know, they'd, they'd take off down on the downhills, and I'd be going, pass her, pass her, and letting them go past, and then... You know, they'd hear this little voice a little bit later going, hola, as I came behind them again. <laughs> um, yeah. Was it a big race? Was it a, a, a big field? Yeah, it's about a thousand. Okay. Um, right. So it's, it's it's an ultra trail world tour race. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's one of the big ones. And it yeah. has got a right near uphill, hasn't it? Looking at yeah, the course elevation. Yeah, um, I was relieved about <laughs> because you don't want to come down because it's so difficult. Yeah, I know why. Right, like, an, an out and back on that route would be quite horrific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, especially the second half is actually is is the nicest running because it starts to get a little bit more like a little bit more alpiney. Okay. Um, so it's a little bit it's a bit nicer underfoot, and this you actually see some grass, which I got quite excited about because I haven't seen grass in a while. <laughs> Supposed to dust. Yeah. And saying that it's been your first ultra for a while. Is this, have you got, normally we normally leave this until the end of the recording, but is there plans afoot then? Are you thinking about doing other ultras? What are you thinking about in the future? Oh, hang on, I'll just look this up because I sent the list to my mum that I was planning on. Hang on. Oh, there's a list. Brilliant. So, yeah, yeah. So I've got uh, Cost, the Costa Blanca Marathon, which is in November. Um, mm-hmm. And that one is, is in Finistrat, which is quite near here. Um, and that's about 46 kilometres, and that's about 3,000 something metres of climbing as well. A trail marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've entered the Trans Gran Canaria Advanced Race, which is 65k. That's in March. Then possibly Madeira Island Ultra. And then Mont Blanc Half, Valderan, and hopefully get into Sierra Nal again next year. Brilliant. That's a healthy list. That's a yeah, yeah. Well, I know I've just because I missed quite a lot this year, and so I've, there's quite a lot of races that I really want to do. Um, so yeah, next year is going to be the big, exciting European races. Yeah, I think. Be a bit of catch up. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. That the minute you said, or sorry, the second you said about Madeira, I seen John's eyes light up. I know that that's one that he's visited the website a few times. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think you heard there was cake at the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what I noticed though when Sophie was going through that list of races, big smile and appearing, big smiles appearing on your face. Sophie, is racing something that you've missed throughout the pandemic? And does does it mean a lot to you? It does. Yeah. I mean, I I, I do really love to I love to move fast through the mountains and things, but which here is quite hard because it's so technical, so you can't move that fast, but yeah, I do. I do like to, I, it's it races are like adventures because it's you and a whole bunch of people are doing something that you all love together. See, the smile's getting bigger. Some, <laughs> people won't see this because they'll, they'll only hear the audio, but it's mm-hmm. actually it's really lovely to see that. And I also love the fact that you mentioned um, your race at the weekend that you're making new friends as well because I think that's something that 
we've we've been speak well, we speak about it frequently, Stephen, don't we? The community of runners and yeah. how the, the the network of friendships and relationships grows. Totally. And that was something that actually we wouldn't mind touching on. Sophie's obviously you've relocated to Spain within the last twelve months or so. Mm-hmm. And what what's the scene like there in terms of the during the trail run and the mountain running scene? Is it is it quite a thing? Yeah, so I had been here for I think it was a week before I got a message from Ibej Javia, which is the local running club, uh, telling me that they had a mountain running group and would I like to join? <laughs> so yeah, and and so there's there's a lot of mountain running around here, and there's a so there's a circuit trail um, that I'm, I'll be doing, which is about 21k, but on this sort of terrain. So usually about 21k and a thousand meters, and different place every few weeks. Um, Brilliant. But on this terrain, you're looking at sort of two, two and a quarter to two and a half hours for that sort of distance. And is it most, is it a mix of expats in Spanish or is it mostly Spanish? Um, It's almost entirely Spanish, um, which makes the the WhatsApp groups quite fun because, of course, they (laughs) they're mostly using Valenciana, which is the local dialect. Um, So, yeah, (laughs) it makes it doubly difficult. So I spent a lot of time on Google Translate. I bet. I bet. Well, hopefully they're being um, kind to you and not being too, um, too, not using too much dialect dictionary words of the. Yeah. Well, no, no. I mean, like when when I'm actually in person, they do. They they speak nice and slowly, and they use you right. know, traditional Spanish, and yeah. It'll be exciting for them though to have you along as well, because you know we're going to go and speak about some of the stuff you've already done, but you know having somebody of your um, stature along at their club as well is a feather in their cap. So works both ways yeah, I, th- I think they just love running and I think they love mountains and I think they just love anyone who loves running in the mountains yeah um so like you know if you go off and you do something like I did the the vertical kilometer so there, there was a regional vertical kilometer championships um a few weeks ago and that was my first race in in a very long time so I thought I'd start small you know with a regional uh-huh. championship. <laughs> um <laughs> And I came third there. And so I posted it on the, because none of the other club, none of us from the club was there. So I posted it on the, the club WhatsApp. And it was so much like, oh, congratulations, you know, so much excitement for me. So, yeah, and it's, and every weekend somebody's off doing something somewhere and they post their achievements. And whether it's I made it to the finish or, you know, somebody's on the podium, everyone's just really excited for them. Brilliant. That sounds like a great, WhatsApp group to be or network to be part of, very supportive, which is exactly what you would expect. But it's great to hear that that that's happening. I love yeah. that. I don't know if I love a vertical kilometer though. <laughs> kind of... Look, I wanted to get a at least a race in before Penuglosa, um, uh-huh. and the only thing I could find, which was three weeks out, was that was the VK. <laughs> You're like, yeah. there must be something else. There must be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, it was a, it was a pleasant surprise to get a third because I've always thought oh, I'm rubbish at hills, which is partly because do you know Nicola Duncan? Yeah, yeah. Who's just like you put her at the bottom of a hill, and the next thing you know, she's at the top, and every, literally everybody else is going, "Where's Nick? Where, where's Nicola?" She's just she's so <laughs> fast. And when I was in Edinburgh, I used to run a lot with Nicola. And every time we got to a hill, you know, there'd be me sort of puffing my up the hill and Nicola standing at the top getting a camera out ready to take photos of the views and stuff. And she's just like, well, this is nice. <laughs> and so like, it has kind of cemented my like, because I've never been that good at hills. It cemented it in my mind that I was really bad at them. And when I got here, I just thought, I'm just going to run up every hill I can find. 
you know, and I just made a habit of just running up hills every, you know, making every run I went as hilly as I could find. Um, and so, yeah, so I was really pleased that that's actually is paying off. Yeah, so, yeah. it certainly sounds like it's bore fruit. It is just yeah. it, it, sometimes it's just exposing yourself just to that thing that you think that you're not good at. But maybe you are good at it and it's just that Nicola is exceptional. I think I was no, I would I was always getting losing ground on hills in ultras, right? Just not okay. quite at the same pace as I would <clears throat> with to Nicola. But <laughs> um. Stephen has always said to me though, it's about facing well, not you, Sophie, for me, it's about facing your fears or facing the things that you don't want to do. I freaking hate hills, right? <laughs> but but Stephen will say to me, I but you only can't tell reps. But you no, no, no. I got more. I've got more variation of speed work. Right, but but you only get better at it by doing it. So, and that's just what you've said about that uh, doing that over in Spain. Stephen and I have personal experience of Nicola Duncan on the hill, the Devil Staircase. We mm-hmm. just started it. Next minute, toof, 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 off she went, and she was away past us. So we had yeah. to stop. Um, that was in preparation for the Devil of the Highlands that Stephen was doing. It we was. did a recce and Nicola was, was on the course the same day. Yeah, blinking you. Kind of miss her. It was yeah. like, did somebody just run past me? <laughs> she got the big smile. Hi. <laughs> she was lovely. We're, we're, we're hoping one time we'll get Nicole on as well. Yeah. She's a guest that we'd love to get on as well. Yeah, we had a good crack with her down at Coniston round Wakeland weekend as well. So she did she did well there as well. Um, so it would be good to get her. You know what though? I'm going to jump a wee bit as I do. Because we, because we speak, what I was speaking about just now is trails, but a lot of the stuff that stuff, but massive success for you, Sophie, was on tarmac, and I'm going, to, I'm just going to go right to the Anglo Celtic plate. However, <laughs> I want to talk about two of them because on the first time in 2016, both Stephen and I were running the 50k that day, and yeah, yeah, and I've I've written the times down. You finished and. Eight hours, 30 minutes, 22 seconds that day. You finished, you got the British bronze that day. Three years later, Stephen was running. I was supporting, I was standing eating everybody's pork pies at the side. <laughs> you you finished in eight hours, three minutes and 39 seconds. So it's almost half an hour off your time to finish, yeah. finish first and be finished as British champion. So... There's obviously. So, you, you're, so you're saying that you two have to be there for me to do well. Is that what you're exactly. saying? Exactly. See, the next yeah. time you come, next time you come back, whew, we're setting the heather like. No, we're, <laughs> we're, we're heading to Peña Glassa. <laughs> yeah, we'll come over. We'll come over next yeah. year. We'll go to Peña <laughs> Definitely. No, but we we follow all this sort of stuff, and I'll tell you most recently, that apart from the last two years, it's been from a distance. But I've been very fortunate to speak to some people involved in this in the Scottish running scene and it's brilliant and it's a honour and a pleasure to speak to you tonight but we'd like to speak about the Anglo-Celtic plate if you don't if you don't mind because that yeah. seemed to be a day in, 20, in 2019 that all the planets aligned for you didn't it? Yeah absolutely it was it was an absolutely perfect day in so many ways. Yeah, yeah. so p- p- half an hour is quite a big chunk of time even over three years. Mm-hmm. What happened in there? And I know you maybe going to speak about coaching, nutrition, preparation. What was it? 
Oh, I mean, well, one one thing certainly was, um, so I, I had I'd had quite a, a long spell of eating problems, um, like about a decade of basically in and out of, of anorexia, um, which at times had been really quite severe. And I'd kind of finally managed to put that behind me, which actually you were talking about Robbie being on last week. It was because I, the whole, I, my final kind of like, I need to move on from this was I went to Robbie's training camp in France and Rini McGregor, the sports dietitian, mm. was there. And she just like I, she just quietly noticed my slightly odd eating behaviours um, and then just quietly, gently challenged them. Um, and in, and did it in a way that just made me think, well, because she'd said she asked questions like, well, you know, how many how many colds do you have a year? And she's like, oh, that's that's considerably more than average, you know, and she had just put enough things in my mind. That I was thinking, oh, maybe I could be a better runner if I ate better. Um, so then I yeah, I, I worked with Rini and was able to it did take it took me quite a long time to, to sort it out. But I did eventually manage to start fueling my body properly. Um, and obviously, initially, you slow down as you get heavier. But then as I got stronger, I got faster. So there was certainly, certainly that, but yeah. Well, I tell you something, you can come back next week and you're going to make links like that with our episode. <laughs> that is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I've I've got um, Rina McGregor's book about training diet. diet. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. It's written in such a lovely way and some brilliant recipes in it too. And again, from a distance, she sounds like an absolutely lovely person. Um, she's mentioned, I think, I think she was put to Damien Hall calls at the Bat Club or something. I think she was one of the people that lived in the village where Damien Hall moved to. And they're all these, uh, this running group they've got. Absolutely brilliant. So, but that's good. Now, also, am I correct in saying you, you're plant-based? Yes. Did that happen at the same time? Did you move diet at the same time? No, I, I think I was already vegan at that point. Right. Okay. Okay. So did you also, did your running preparation change as well? Yeah, so I, I did, I changed the way that, that I was training because I had been in Ron Morrison's group in Fife, which was really good for everything up to marathon. It was a fantastic group of girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we had, we got team medals across pretty much every single distance in Scotland. And we got the, the silver and the bronze in different years at the London Marathon. But to to really get on with the, the, the ultras, I had to change that up a little bit because those sessions of, you know, really going really hard on the track a couple of times a week, you can't then really get the same mileage as, as I guess, as, as the quality distance that you, that you need for ultras, I guess, um, because you're just too tired <laughs> from the track. Um, and so I, I started doing a lot more of things like tempos and surge runs. Um, and also just going out for very long runs. And the, I guess that the big difference between the two times that I did the, the ACP in, in Scotland um, was, I guess, I, I was doing long runs, very few of them on the road. So most of them I would just go quite often with, with Nicola and with also with Rachel Newstead. We'd just go out to the Pentlands and come back four hours later. Um, and of course, we did that, you know, in all weathers and all sorts and yeah. But I think that I also, this is about, you know, stars aligning and stuff. I'd been out for a run with Nicola and we went from Edinburgh to Dunbar. And she didn't like, there was a stretch of road that Nicola really didn't like. And she kept getting faster and faster and faster. And normally when I run with Nicola, she just, we just go for a nice, easy paced run. 
which was getting faster and faster until we were moving at faster than my previous marathon best pace on on a run that was 50 kilometers long you know or 55 or something um and as we got off the road and back onto the the, the path and we slowed down again I realized I'd actually recovered from this I think we were doing about 620 mile pace or something <laughs> um, and I, I recovered from it and, I, and then on the day in Perth when I accidentally went off the front of the of the pack I realized that actually I could do the same thing and get myself a lap because I was feeling when that happened I felt really good <laughs> so I picked up the pace until I'd got a lap in hand and um, because I knew after that run with Nicola that actually I could um, and it was something that my body had learned how to do because of other runs that I'd been doing. And so that having that confidence meant that once I'd got that lap in hand, everything was just easy. You know, there was about five minutes, 10 minutes where my legs felt a bit heavy and tired. But the rest mm. of the time I was just cruising and it just felt amazing. It was because I'd got that lap because you have no at that point, you know, you know, on that course, it's like once once you've got a lap in hand, it's quite a it's quite a distance and it's very difficult for anyone to to close Caught. it and or they also they can't take you by surprise yeah, because they'd have to go yeah. twice to do it so you yeah. just i had no no worries i was just out for a lovely run looking at dogs and you know checking over leads you you looked good from from our ringside seat uh, <laughs> especially so with the scotland flag crossing the finish line that looked oh, all sorts um, of yeah, yeah. and I, I, I see photos of it on my timeline every now and again on Facebook and things like that because I think it must be in my memories and um, yeah. I think I must have put that picture up and um, some of the guys and the team as well and yeah, it, it sounds like it was a special day for you. Yeah. Brilliant. It was one of these, uh, we spoke about it loads of times, but it was almost that there was like an electricity in the air that day. It was brilliant, and I think you, you obviously added to that. Definitely added to that, and that that finish is something that I'll I'll remember for a long time. I loved it, absolutely brilliant. Also, I think it's great as well that Nicola was running faster. Was it? Was she running faster because she never liked it and wanted it over? No, it was. So we were on a stretch of road where there were there were lorries and stuff, and we weren't on that for very long. But she didn't like it. And I think it was probably maybe it was like a couple of miles or something. But so she just got faster and faster until, you know, I'm looking at my watch and I'm like, I don't know if I can manage 620. I was thinking, I'm never going to get to Dunbar, you know, I'm going to collapse on the yeah. side. But, yeah. but isn't that brilliant, though, that you learned that? And yeah. maybe, I, I, just, I just think that's really fascinating. And that then gave you the confidence on the North Inch that day to do that. Yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. And I must, remember, must say as well, we had, um, I was going to say Roberto. Bob Turner. <laughs> we had Bob Turner on, um, and that, that same day in 2019, Bob won the, the well, you both won the first ever presentation of the Don Ritchie Trophy. So that's yeah. that's a very special thing as well, isn't it? Be, yeah, getting it that, that honour. Yeah. That is brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Is ACP something you would think about again? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't totally put aside the the road hundred k's. Um, I mean, partly because I'm, I'm obviously quite curious because I, I ran that in just normal normal shoes. Um, ah. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious to see how fast I could go in in carbons. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Yeah. But I think I think this is I this think, is where I take sorry. a back seat. 
you've you've heard the terms that we use for such minded people. Interesting. Well, have you have you toyed with the carbon shoes? So I have I have run in vapor flies, but I mean that's that's as far as as I go because I I actually think that I think the alpha flies are just going too far, you know, because they're just not they're not really shoes anymore. I mean the vapor flies are, you know, you're still using using your feet and using your legs. I think the alpha fly is just a bit too they're too a, much assistance. <laughs> they're a fair complicated trainer, the alpha fly. I listened to a podcast at the weekend. It was Ian Sharman's podcast, Pod, Podium Runner, is that right? Mm-hmm. With um, Guy Jeffrey Burns. And he is, as well as being a really, really good 100k ultra runner, is also, that's his profession, is, you know, the science of running shoes and uh, it's such a really good lesson just to get that for me a lot more insight into what what is going on with them and how much it's down to foam and how much it's down to carbon or how little it's down to carbon and things um, it was dead interesting but I used them first first time ever at London there and I'm still wondering if it's placebo for me or actual I don't know but they were a they were a joy to run in that's for me yeah they they are but for me I find that the second you slow down beyond a certain pace Uh so for me it's it's about 740 if I go any slower than 740 per mile they become clunky and horrible yeah and they just they feel really counterproductive Um, so for for the 100k you'd have to be pretty sure that you weren't gonna get tired yeah because you wouldn't want to be changing your trainers halfway through Mm. Um, but it is it's a it's a fascinating thought do you think okay you were you were 803 without carbon yeah and it was fair windy that day as well it was i was because yeah. i was I've, I've written that down actually i'm like that she said it was a perfect day the perfect storm i'm thinking well, the way the wind was getting up in the afternoon it <laughs> certainly was getting i was starting to sort of tuck in behind dog walkers <laughs> 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 to try and get protected from it up the riverside way, do you know. Yeah. Um, but the, the North Inch in Perth is a, um, a a park that means a lot to John and I, both being local lads, and it's in a stone's throw of when we did work in the office. It's both it's within a stone's throw of our office, so it's a bit of our spiritual home, isn't mm. it, John? Yeah, almost definitely. Aye. Yeah. And I'm just thinking too. It's going to be. I've I've changed now. Since the last ACP was in the North Inch. Next time I go to the North Inch, I'm going to be looking at people's shoes. I never did that before. Now I'm going to be going, they're nice shoes. I'll be booing people if they've got mm-hmm. these fancy things. <laughs> I, won't, I won't boo anybody. I wouldn't do that. I would encourage everybody. But uh, yeah, it is, it is a great place. And Steve and I often have, we still have the debate about clockwise or counterclockwise, what's best and... Stephen's got a preference. I've got a preference. So no, um, the other the other way is definitely better because the wind is not almost always straight at you on the river. Yep. And then yeah. because the other side where you you would have a tailwind, you've got all the buildings. So yeah. Yeah. So I I think work here is done, John. Did did we approach Adrian's thought about that? Yep. I think at some point we did. We have. I think I think quite a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah, and I must say, when I did my 55 mile for my birthday last year, I took Stephen's advice and I did go counterclockwise. And Mm. if I never said at the time, I thank you very much for that, Stephen. You're welcome. That was most appreciated. Most appreciated. Um, Right. 
Anglo-Celtic play is done. Hopefully, and I think it'd be great if it comes back to, well, it will come back to Perth at some point. Um, we should also give a wee, just mentioned the man's name, Adrian's name. Adrian's in the hospital because he had yeah, a wee, yeah. a wee um, falling off of his bike due to some Edinburgh pothole. So hopefully, I think he was getting his operation today. So hopefully, Adrian, you're listening and we wish you all the very best and speedy recovery. Hopefully you're Absolutely. back up and about again. Mm. So I want, we go on now? Well, I think we want to speak about what Sophie is up to now, not in the racing world, but within the the coaching world, if that's okay. Um, because you've recently launched a, a new initiative, a new website, which looks really, really good, actually. I'm just going to compliment you. It's like somebody who knows coding and things like that has been working <laughs> on that. <laughs> very well laid yeah. out. It is, it, is, yeah. it is, compared to some others. It's, it, yes, it's, it is aesthetically very, very pleasing. User experience, very nice on there too. Quite it's good, yeah. There's some nice feedback. But it, we just wanted to pick your brains a wee bit around about um, how you decided to launch is it Ultra Potential? Yes. Yeah. Um, and what some of your hopes are for it? So I'm I'm actually leaving Life Code at the end of this month. Um, so I'm going to go full 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 on into the the coaching. Um, and the reason for that is is I'm absolutely fascinated by coaching theory, but also by the practice of it and the fact that it's not, you know, you think oh you can just follow a plan and the plan will get you, you know, you follow everything that it says to do on the plan and you'll get to the race in perfect condition. But in reality, that's not how humans work. You know, there's lots of theory that we can we can consider, but ultimately every single person is different. But also everyone has a different lifestyle, has different stresses. And one thing we do know for certain is that the body doesn't know the difference between physical, mental and psychological stress. It's all stress. So, like, I mean, you know what it's like if you have a really bad day at work and you try and you go out and you try and do intervals yeah. and it's just rubbish and you just think like, oh, come on, you know, then it just makes everything worse. But I, what I want to do is to actually make training that fits with people's lifestyles and takes into account all of those things. Um, and also, I mean, like, I could follow a training plan and be like, oh, great, this hasn't got any hills in. I'm, I'm good at not doing hills. You know, and I was saying earlier about the fact that I used to be really, really bad at hills until I was like, well, this is like when you study for an exam, you know, you've, maybe you've got your French test and your maths test and you're really good at French and not so good at maths. So you keep re revising your French because it makes you feel good because you know lots about your French already. And then, of course, you do better in your French than your maths test. But actually, you should be concentrating on the maths. <laughs> so yeah the, oh. the long the, the short yeah, the running version of that is is you know if you're really fast on the track you keep training on the track and then you go and you run a race with hills in and you wonder why everyone's overtaking you on the hills and it's specificity it's because they're running up up hills and so a training plan that you download off the internet doesn't know what you're good at, what you're already good at um, and people tend to gravitate to the things that they're already really good at the so i zone. Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, you go out, you smash a session, you feel great, you know, but if you keep doing that over and over again, you'll eventually plateau. Um, but what I basically wanted to do was to have training plans that are for, for absolutely everyone and every budget. So everyone gets a personalized plan. So every, every option that I've got, even ones where you basically, you, you're getting a, an eight week or a 12 week plan, uh -huh. but not a lot of, of feedback, it still starts with a 15 minute Zoom call. 
Um, and part of the reason I wanted to do that instead of a questionnaire, which I've already found is, is working really well, is that when you actually ask somebody a question, you can see their face and they're going, uh, and you can start to realize, well, actually, no, this what I've just asked them, they're going to say, yes, I can do that. But actually, this is a problem for them. You know, like you can't you send someone a questionnaire, but you don't find out that they take the kid to football on a Saturday morning. You know, and so you give them a session on Saturday morning and you wonder why, you know, you know why they're never doing it. And I've not filled my questionnaire on yet. <laughs> How did you know that? So, yeah. So I wanted to make it so that anyone that, that really because I'm, I'm really passionate about running. I love running. Running makes me happy. It's the, my favorite thing to do in the whole world. And so I wanted to basically to be able to help people who are already good to help them level up and, and, and reach their potential. But I also wanted it to be something that anyone could could choose something off of my site and be like, OK, I want to love running. Um, so it's although obviously my my focus and my most of my experiences is, is with ultra, I'm more than happy to help people who want to get going from from the beginners from 5K, 10K. But the the thing that I'm really passionate about is making it personalized. So I don't offer any. Cookie, cookie cutter plans there's not nobody's going to get the same plan as anybody else yeah you can just it's a pity we can't bottle that passion <laughs> it's just simply oozing out of you which is brilliant yeah. i also love the fact as well ah, you might have to give people a wee cuddle at times as well but you're challenging them as yeah. steve mentioned comfort zone that is definitely taking people out of that comfort zone can i ask though do you do stuff with mindset as well? Because a lot of it's mindset. You can do the physical stuff, you know, you can do that. But a lot of it's about actually opening up your mind and and saying, okay, I can't do it yet, but what what do I need to do to be able to do it? And a lot of that is upstairs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it depends on the person that you're you're coaching because some people want that and some people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've kind of I've 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 I think because there's different types of, of plans you can you can choose on the site. I think people will choose ones where if, if they need a lot of that or they you know that's something that is helpful for them, then they'll choose a plan that has more contact. Um, mm-hmm. And I've I've also got a a plan that is for people that really struggle to make any kind of progress at all. Um, you know who who maybe get up start the couch to five k and after two runs they 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 stop, um, which is a plan that will be basically the first few weeks is just you have goals and then every time they hit a goal they send me a whatsapp and I'm like oh um, so it's 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 basically holding their hand for six weeks um until they've made an, a habit of it and so that that plan for instance is very very there's a lot of contact um and so it would be six weeks of quite intense cheerleading basically which is what I've, I've called the plan is the cheerleader plan because <laughs> I, I know well, like, the thing is, I, I know a lot of people who are like, oh, I tried, you know, and you talk about running at work and think people are like, oh, yeah, I tried it and I'd really like to do it. And, you know, and then they it just life gets in the way. And yeah. so the, the idea of that plan is that by by the end of the six weeks, they've learned ways of shoehorning exercise into their life in a way yeah. that that is enjoyable. Um, and so hopefully by the end of it, they they don't need me anymore is the, is the, the plan that they can then just go off and. You know, and they talk two or three times a week. They're always going to be looking for their space to go for their run, or you know, take I, I take the dog you. to the park. Or, yeah, I get that. I was there, and I felt for a spell you were talking to me directly. Right? <laughs> but 
I, <laughs> I've been there. I, this will, next year, 2022, will be my, my, my 10th year of running that I would call running. But it took me three goes to complete couch to 5K. Yeah. Three, three attempts to do that. So there are, I think that's a great idea. And to be to call it a cheerleader is a fantastic name as well. So, because um, there there'll be loads of people maybe doing it just now, but certainly at the start of the new year, it's yeah. when, you know, new me, resolutions, all that sort of stuff. That's when people need that wee bit of support or cheerleading, definitely. Yeah, yeah it's a great idea. Is, I, I, see, with your obviously being based in Spain now, and I'm assuming this is main, mainly focused at, not wholly focused, but your main catchment area will still be Great Britain, further yeah. afield as well and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, well, but, my, my Spanish isn't good enough yet. So. Yeah, but it'll, it'll come on with that, um, especially with, with the dialect from your local running group and stuff. But mm. do you think that the whole Zoom culture and all that stuff is now something that is, is going to age you in delivering this from almost a, another country? To, to, it doesn't really matter anymore, does it? Like, whereas before, maybe the expectation would have been a, you know, a face-to-face meeting and you know, and, and you're able to do that on Zoom now and it's opened a door, a big door there for, for something like this. Yeah, I, I think it has. I think particularly because, I mean, I would I would have had to explain what Zoom was a couple of years ago. You know, I uh-huh. couldn't have just put, yeah, you'll get two Zoom calls a week or, you know, they'd be like, oh. <laughs> I know. And it's people's acceptance now that that's, that's normal. You know, and it's yeah. like, oh yeah, Zoom call. It's that's just how how we behave. It's just an observation that I've, I've a bit of a takeaway from some um, other discussions that we've had. And it's like, ah, this is you know, we we have all these negative things that have happened because of the pandemic, but there's so many new positive ideas and innovations come out of it as well. Who are we speaking to, John? Who was having a weekly Zoom run call. Do you know what I mean? It was like a Zoom Meryl, call. But Meryl Cooper. Yeah, no, yeah. that was more on based on having a, a, a training group all on a Zoom call. But there was somebody last year was doing an actual run call. Oh, wow, know? yeah. They were, they were doing, a, doing a session whilst everybody was on the Zoom call. And it's like, right, oh, we're coming man, up. Oh, man, I think I'd run into something. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, like, but just a voice call, you know, so it was everybody in their Bluetooths yeah. on and they were, they were just, she was doing that to, to motivate mm-hmm. people going through an interval session or a hill rep session and things like that. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's just seizing the yeah, new tools cool. that are, are at yeah. It's just a, an observation. Um, personal mm-hmm. cheerleader, John, I, I think... <laughs> well, I think you and I are each other's personal cheerleaders three uh, times. That's true. I'll get you start sending you an invoice. <laughs> I need to go back a wee bit, actually, because I got so excited we're talking about um, ACP and things. And you mentioned a term that maybe maybe it's common knowledge with runners. You mentioned something, Sophie, a surge run. What's a surge run? So the, the way that I do surge runs is... A decent warm-up and then I split it and who's <laughs> giving away my biggest secret because I reckon this is literally the oh, well. <laughs> this is this is definitely the very the, the best training for, for me at least um, and it's definitely the thing that gets me really fit for ultra um, and it's this I've, I've kind of gone through different different paces but this is definitely the right for me is one minute moving not on a full sprint but as fast as you can without straining 
four minutes where you don't drop down to your easy pace, but you, you stay above it. And I do that for eight to 12 reps. So, okay. yeah, it's, it's, it, if you're not fit, it's, it's really hard. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, it's really, it's a, such a bizarre thing because you pretty much, if you get it right, you're pretty much guaranteed to run as high. Um, right. And I know people who've, who've done this for the first time when I've, I've said to do it and they have gone, oh, that's the first time I've ever had a run as high. And I'm like, well, you know, told you. <laughs> but it's, if you nail the, the pacing right, yeah, then the people- it's, it's so strange because you know that if you were just running the four, like the four minutes that you're doing, if you're running that pace continually, you'd be like, oh, this is quite hard. But because you're putting in that minute first, it resets the brain somehow. Mm. So for me, for instance, I was I was doing it at so when when I was training in the meadows in Edinburgh, the minute would be at about three forty three fifty pace per kilometer, um, and then the four would be at about four twenty per kilometer. So it's just that little bit above my easy pace. But easy pace is about four forty or so. So it's about twenty seconds off of that. Uh-huh. But it, it feels easy. Mm, so you're getting... Because you're dropping yeah. down to it. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. So it's then, just when you, when you mentioned that. I don't know how a lot of people... Well, I've certainly never heard that before, but maybe a lot of other people... No, just this, to get is, this is trademarked. This is Sophie Millen's trademarked. <laughs> Intellectual yeah, property. I think, I think IP. quite a lot of ultra runners do do surge runs where they basically, they just, you know, for a minute or two, they, they pick up the pace and then drop back down again. But my kind of variant on that is to not drop down completely yep um and so actually what you're doing is you're pretty much coming down to your race pace for the you know at least for the first half of races you know before you get tired but um <laughs> know it well but that, that one minute also helps to you know it it also is things like you know trying to get past someone on trail where you just push yourself just a little bit or you just take in a bit of a climb and you think oh it's a short climb so you just quickly go up a climb for a minute so it just teaches the body that you might push it and ask it ask questions of it, but then it has to deal with that without slowing down. So any kind of byproducts that you've got of picking up the pace, it has to learn to fit to deal with it on the fly. Because a lot of a lot of traditional training is you go to the track and you run 800 meters as fast as you can, and then you sit on the floor or you'd vomit off the side of the track or something, and then you do it again, and then you do it again. But in ultras, what you're actually asking your body to do is repeated. It is like repeated stresses and reps. I mean, you're either climbing up something or down it or trying to get past somebody or you're constantly asking different things of your body. It's not like if you go for a, you know, you do a marathon, you're asking the same question over and over again, which is, you know, can I keep running at this pace? And so your body knows pretty much what it's in for. But in ultras, if you're on the trails, your body is constantly being asked different questions. You might suddenly be going into into a really strong headwind you might suddenly have to go over really technical terrain. And so you're asking your body to, to suddenly work hard and then sort its shit out. Sorry, am I allowing? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you you know, it's the, the surge run will really prepare you for for an ultra because it's it's much more specific to what you're going to do. Just writing I'm, down tomorrow's training plan. Is that, you know what? Thank you very much for that explanation. It's really fascinating to hear an elite athlete talk like that and explain that. I, I will probably never do a surge run, right? <laughs> Not in the way you've described. I will do my variation of it, maybe. But, it's all just relevant. Yeah, it is, definitely, yeah. definitely. But 
it's fascinating the the way that you speak about it and the theory behind it and also the difference it can make. So hopefully people that listen in will go and do try it. Go and try oh, it. No, don't, don't. And then give give credit to Sophie Mullins when you when you get that runner's high. Give or her visit a, give her a ultra Instagram. potential ultrapotential.org. Yeah, yeah. Says, where did you learn that? Sophie Mullins, you need to speak to Sophie. That's what they'll be saying. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll certainly mm. link in the show notes um, to Ultra Potential, definitely. And as Stephen yeah. says, it's a great looking, feeling website as well. And loads, go to the coaching, go to the page, the plan, the training plans page. There's loads in there. Absolutely. Uh, I, I go to the, the philosophy and the FAQ. That was my... There you go. Every page, mm-hmm. every page is. is worth a visit. It is, no, it's great, it's great. Do you know what one thing that I must say, Sophie, is I really admire the fact that you've made it accessible to all budgets, do you know, mm. that, yeah. do you know that, that you've got the more intense ones um, and then that you've got, and every one of them includes that tailored, personalised training plan. So, yeah, good luck with it all. Um, Thank it, you. it sounds a really exciting um, venture and f- fingers crossed it, it it takes off like I'm sure it will mm. just yeah. like a surge run well you know what <laughs> if people if that, if that surge run was a wee teaser about what's available from Sophie yeah. Muller my god absolutely fantastic brilliant can I take us to the West Highland Way yes can we do that can we do that because yeah. that's one of the I love the North Inch I also love the West Highland Way he does um, love the West Highland Way. From start to finish, every footstep in between, I love it. And in 2018, which is the year that I did the West Highland Way race, mm-hmm. yep, Sophie completed it <laughs> <laughs> in 19 hours and 41 minutes, sub 20 hours. That is mm-hmm. quite phenomenal. Was that one of the races of your life as well, Sophie, that day? No. Was it wasn't. No, um, so I, I had a really bad fall um, and yeah. I cracked a rib and chipped my shin bone on the lock side. Ah. And you still finished 12 hours ahead of me, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, so yeah, so I, I got as far as my crew uh, being glass. Mm. Um, and up to there, I was hobbling basically um and my crew patched me up like you wouldn't believe i did an amazing job um i didn't mention the rib but they fixed the leg and once that was they just got the strapping perfect for that so then i was able to run again but i lost quite a lot of time before then because i had i didn't have any i had to walk because just the leg wasn't working it just kept going from under me right number of questions just entered my head right but with the rib how was the breathing after that then so it was absolutely fine um and i was i was it was quite a high up rib so i knew it wasn't it wasn't going to be i knew it wasn't dangerous um and i knew it was it was just going to be very bruised and very sore Mm -hmm. um and it wasn't it was definitely i could feel it was definitely intact as such and it was it was a crack not a not a break um because if i if i had any concerns otherwise i would i would definitely have stopped um, and I advise other people to also, <laughs> if yeah, if you, you have any worries about, you know, talk to the race medics or whatever. But I I did I could feel that it was likely cracked, but certainly not actually broken. Yeah, we're um, just just a wee disclaimer. We're not encouraging people to <laughs> injure themselves. No. 
but but you do that assessment, you know, you make and you, and you make that judgment call. Can also ask as well, do you have quite a high pain threshold? Um, I don't. I, I think that's quite a, a difficult question to answer because we don't really know what other people's pain feels like. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I think I don't. I don't know is the answer. But um, I mean, with that with that race though, it was the my parents had both come over from Spain, um, and it was the first time my dad had seen me race in an ultra, and so I wasn't about to to stop if if I could make it to the end. Yeah. There's all these wee inspirations, isn't there? The things that keep you going as well. And uh, this is a wee side question again. If you're wanting to divulge it, what was your aim for the race? If you're going, at the, if you're finishing that pace, what was your original aim? I can't remember. I think it was about half an hour to an hour off, slower than the course record, because I knew that it was my first hundred and I wasn't going to get close to Lucy's time. Mm. Um, but I think it was still, my my B target was sub twenty. Right. Okay. So I'd I'd still get my my sort of you know backup so, plan. So well done to your crew for patching you up, being glass yeah. and getting, and well done for you to get into the finish. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and you you had time for three sleeps before I got there. So <laughs> that was uh, well done. Yeah. Um, it was one of the best days of my life. Our best week. I should I've got to call it a weekend. Right, because I was <laughs> I was out for a while, but um, yeah. it's a phenomenal place. So, is it something you would think about going back to again? Then I think so. Yeah, I mean, I'm I've just the the doing it the the first time. I was so like my my dad was never really a an outwardly emotional man at all, and very rarely was was would 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 be really emotional. But as I came to the final checkpoint, he came running towards me. With a, of course, with a midgy net on his head, um, and he was almost in tears, and he just said, saying, "You're amazing, you're amazing." And I later found out that they really thought I wasn't going to make it to the end, <laughs> and so they'd been waiting up there, you know. And of course, you're by the bonfire, and uh, little Ken uh, Consani was up there, you know, making the fire bigger and bigger, and you know. But of course, they just couldn't see anything in the dark. And then eventually, I arrived, but there was a very long wait, I think, and I think they'd started to think I, you know, wasn't going to get there. Um, but it's, it ended up being one of those things that, like, because so, I lost my dad in January, it's one of those things that is so precious to me now, was him mm. running towards me and just being so, just being so emotional at that point um, is something that, that matters to me. So, you know, it really is important to me. So Brilliant. I think if I went back to West Highland Way, I would have to be a little bit separate from, for, in time from now, because... Mm. losing my dad in, in it was it was really hard and the way that that he died was was awful um because yeah. as you know it, people have had to make a lot of really difficult choices and the choice that we made as a family was that we were keeping dad at home mm-hmm. you know absolutely as as long as we possibly could and preferably to the end um and that meant it was it was very intense and very distressing for all three of us um yeah. And but but we did keep him out of hospital, which, we, you know, so he, he passed away here, um, which which meant a lot to, to us because the times before when, he, when he'd been in hospital, he, he'd forgotten all his Spanish and he'd got confused and distressed. Um, and of course, if he'd gone into hospital, we wouldn't have been allowed to visit. Yep. Yeah. And so he'd have gone off to, to basically to be by himself and it would have been. Yeah, so it's, yep. I think because of the memories of West Highland Way and, and how important they are to me, I think I would need a little bit more time yeah. um, 
to, to process things before I go back there. So, yeah. Definitely. But I'm, I think... I'm really sorry. Sorry. No, you go. Sorry, it's your moment. Sorry. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really pleased I've got that memory, but I think I need a little bit more time between yeah. now and then. Yeah. Yeah, it, it sounds, Sophie, as if that that's really powerful stuff. And thanks for for sharing this with us. But you intend to use it at some point in the future, you know, to mm. inspire you. You know, if it's West Island Way race, if it's any race, I'm sure sure it'll inspire you. Yeah. But but th th there's that special attachment and association, especially with that part of the course that you just just described. Do you know what I, I mm -hmm. pictured pictured it in my head myself um, and stuff? Yeah. So no, thank you for, for sharing. It's um, yeah, appreciate I, it. I think you've just made the West Island Way even more special than it was. Yeah. So thank you, thank yeah. you for that. And I also. I'm going to muck up. I'm going to say Landavra, but I've been told it's Landavra, that area, isn't it? Because when you said last checkpoint, I was thinking Kinloch Leaven, but it is actually. Well, yeah, so, yeah, that's why I didn't mention it, because my pronunciation's so bad. I'm oh, leave it to sure me. It leave it to me. I'll make an arse of it. There you go. Let Lund John get the Twitter flack. Yeah, Landavra. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's, that's that one. But yeah, a, a fantastic memory. And thank you so very much for sharing that. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. Where are we jumping next? I'm going to go next to one of my special questions. What is. Sophie never knew there were special questions, but. <laughs> what did I? Special piece of running kit, Sophie. Well, no, we've done the shoe thing, right? We're not going to the. The shoes. Yeah. What's your What's your favourite piece of running kit? Oh, I don't know. So I might I might go really because like I've got pretty much anything that's got pockets in is is pretty high up there. Definitely. <laughs> but that's partly because as a woman you spend all your time looking for pockets that aren't in anything, you know. <laughs> um, she gets so excited. The squad's got pockets. <laughs> um, but I might actually go a bit left field and say that my Apple Watch that I got for Christmas, because it's got me to, into using the Strava beacon. Oh, and yeah. so it means that if I see, you know, if I've said, oh, I'm going to go and run in this place or that place, if I see a little trail that actually looks really inviting and fun, then I know I can just dart off down it because I've, you know, I've got Strava beacon running. Um, and so I can go off and explore. Um, and I think I hadn't realized how much I wasn't going off and exploring <laughs> um, until I realized that I could. That. <laughs> uh yeah for for those listening who don't know what Strava Beacon is um so what Sophie's referring to is that the ability to basically um somebody can track your run um and also be alerted through a text message I think yeah um yeah. Uh, that, that you've started a run so that they can then go and track you and it's just a bit of a safe, safeguarding thing isn't it um, yeah I think the Garmin do something different similar John did, yeah did you, um was Greg using it at the weekend on Greg Stevenson, Greg, Stevenson. A, Greg Stevens had a wee adventure, a wee adventure, um, <laughs> a fantastic adventure at the weekend. He did the the Oakles and the Lomans um, traverse from, almost from Stirling to Falkland, I think he ran, wasn't it? Yeah. And he was using there's a live thing in Garmin Connect as well. It's the same. Mm -hmm. It's like a live tracker, which is great. It just gives your love. It gives you gives you that sense of security, doesn't it? That yeah. you're that you're you're there so unfortunately Strava Beacon isn't available to console users it's that's the paid on the paid subscription it's isn't not it? it's not they've they've just as a whole raft of measures they've done to increase safety particularly for women 
they've uh-huh. taken Beacon off of the, the, the subscription, so now it's for everyone. Oh! <laughs> yeah. I tell you, their servers will be crashing the night. They'll all be... <laughs> John's away. John's yeah, away so you can use... You can use a mobile phone as well. So if you, yeah. but I, I like to be able to just go out and just put put my watch on and run. I don't like to have to carry a load of stuff. Yep. Um, mm. you know, if it's a shorter run. So to be able to just go off with my, my watch and be fine. Yep. You know, it's it's nice. Yeah. Well, that's a great that's a great thing. I also like your first thing you mentioned about pockets. I'm a pockets kind of guy. I love pockets. I also have to spend not running, but why are women's jeans pockets at the front so we? My daughter's mobile phone fell in the toilet about three times, right? And I said, why do you keep your phone in your back pocket? She says, because you can't, can't fit it anywhere. Yeah. You can't fit it in the front pocket. They're just wee tiny things up to your knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> this, is under- this is an appeal to gene makers worldwide. So <laughs> there's already been one. So um, there's a, a writer called Caroline Criado Perez, um, and she wrote a book about the gender ga- gender data gap. Um. And the title of the book is just slipping my mind for a minute, but she's on she's on Twitter and but she's done all sorts of things, including starting a petition to I think it was Levi's asking right. them why we can't have pockets. <laughs> and I just don't get yeah. it. Is it something to do with the cut of the the design or ladies' fashion or something? Like yeah, it's like almost everything in life is that women's stuff is designed to look good and men's stuff is designed to feel good. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm sat here right now in a pair of men's Calvin Klein pajama bombs because, and they I the first time I I bought the same pair was 15 years ago, and I thought well, and the reason I bought the men's 15 years ago was because the women's were tight fitting and didn't have pockets, um, and so I thought 15 years have gone by, so I went back on the website and thought because because they'd literally fallen apart because I don't buy a lot of clothes but they had literally fallen apart, um. And so I went back to go and buy a pair. And of course, the women's are still tight fitting with no pockets. <laughs> and like, oh, if you, if you get into this, you'll just find there are women all over the world begging for pockets. You know? Yeah, I, I, I seriously, I never knew about it until a couple of years ago when I'd said it was because my daughter kept dropping her phone in the toilet. Yeah. She'll love me for talking about that. Oh. But anyway, it'll be fine. <laughs> I'll be absolutely fine. <laughs> but then I said, I said to Meg, I said, let me, she's put your hand in there. And I was like, ah, I couldn't get my hand in there. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And then since, here we go, confessions of John, when I'm hanging the washing out, I put my hand in all the pockets and they're all the same, yeah. these wee tiny things, you know? Yeah. So never going to find any money in there. Anyway. Okay. We'll I remembered on. the book. I remember the name of the book. Okay. Invisible Women. Invisible Women. Brilliant. Yeah, it's an absolutely fascinating book and it's it, it covers all, all the data gap, which includes things like the fact that because heart medicine's only ever been tested on men, because women are complicated, obviously, and mess up data. Um, there's certain points in the menstrual cycle where women's heart medication puts them at higher risk than if they didn't take it at all. Um, cars are, for instance, most of them are only tested with a male car crash dummy. And so if you look at the statistics, women come off much, much worse in car crashes. Um, they're more likely to be injured more likely to be severely injured and more likely to die because car manufacturers don't test with female car crash dummies and those that do don't publish the statistics because they're so bad so the only car manufacturer that does is volvo so volvo are the only car manufacturer that actually care enough about women to thoroughly test their cars for an anatomically correct female car crash dummy 
I can just sense the female Volvo drivers of Young Hearts Run Free punching the air with glee right now. <laughs> you know what, though, Sophie? You've opened the door to something that we said we might speak about. And yeah. if, you're ha- if you're happy to do it, then then mm-hmm. we will. Um, and that is about menstrual cycles. And Stephen and I have discussed this many times as a topic that we, we want to speak about, but you've, you're, you're going to be brave enough to, to speak about it. So read a blog recently, and you mentioned it on there. Do you want to speak about, there's no easy way for me to say this, but <laughs> menstrual cycles and, and training and running and races. Do you want over to you if you're happy to speak about that? Yeah, so we, we don't have a huge amount of data or knowledge um, so far because nobody's done a huge amount of research into this. And a lot of the research that has been done has been on quite small groups. Um, but there are certain things that, that we do know for sure. Um, and that's that for some people, the second half of the cycle can be quite difficult, um, which is caused by a rise in progesterone. Um, and so the first half of the cycle quite often for people is is the best time to be putting in the hard work, the fast work and anything that's potentially those kind of sessions where you you worry a little bit that you might twinge something. So things like the downhill running sessions that you have to do if you're going to be an ultra runner um, and anything really fast and anything really hard. And if you're going to do any back to backs, they need to be really if you if you are if you have a, a menstrual cycle and not on on the contraceptive pill, then that's the time to do your your hard work and then kind of right in the middle of the cycle is when you can actually go out and do those long runs with with like hard set hard sections in the middle of the long run and um, because your body can cope with it and it can recover from it and that's the real key thing is that it's not just that your body can manage it it's that it's got the tools at that point in your cycle to also recover as you're protected by estrogen and so but one of the, the obviously the more interesting things of course is that if you look at the the menstrual cycle that is as it's presented in in scientific literature the phases that they use to describe the different parts of the cycle are completely useless to athletes because it's all about how to get pregnant so it's like well this is the luteal phase and it's like well that's great but there's a lot of a lot going on there you know and so when you actually look at the phases that that are used in the scientific literature like there's one phase where progesterone and estrogen are, v- are very, very low. And in the same phase, progesterone, progesterone is at absolutely top level. It's the highest level it's going to be in your cycle. So it's both the lowest and the highest. And so as an athlete, you know, looking at the menstrual cycle from a scientific point of view, using that, use, using the, that kind of terminology about, you know, the, the different phases of the cycle is useless. Um, and so I think a lot of the the research that we've got, which says, oh, in the first, you know, in these, this part of the cycle, this is what you need to do. And this is how you should train. Because we're using the terminology from the scientific literature, it's actually not that helpful. Um, and so it's it's much more down to the athlete and coach to work out a bit more about what, what is happening to their that particular athlete. So, for instance, at the beginning of your cycle, you have very, very low hormones, but you might have a bit of inflammation. So the athlete themselves will know whether they really feel like going out and training hard at that point. But two or three days into the cycle, as estrogen starts to rise, you should be feeling good and wanting to train and able to train and recover. Um, and but then again, as it drops, we're still in technically the same phase. Um, so, you know, if you call it if you talk about it by phases, which unfortunately a lot of even the 
the sports science is still doing, um, it's not that helpful because towards the end of that phase, your estrogen has dropped off. Um, but at that point, there is a tiny, tiny little peak in testosterone. So actually, that's a really good time. If you can work out when that is, that's a really good time to be. If you need to, if you want to up your weights, for instance, those are the days to do it. Um, and then for some people, so I, as I was, I was saying before we came on to the podcast, some people get quite, you suffer a little bit with progesterone rise, and that happens towards the middle of the last part of the, the cycle. And as progesterone rises, it can make some people feel sluggish. You get a lot of inflammation, your injury risk increases, and you can get a little bit of breathing difficulty. Um, and the thing for me, I think, once I'd, I'd started to understand that, was that I gave myself some slack. So not only do I am I quite careful about the kind of training I do, so I switch more to tempo runs, steady runs, cross training, don't go nuts on the weights, um, careful of the downhill, because if I do down a lot of downhill in that phase, I will 100% get DOMS, um, because my body is primed for inflammation. It's not primed to fix stuff at that point. But I think also for me, it was nice just to know that when I'm running up a hill and I feel like I can't breathe and I feel quite short of breath, I know, ah, oh, well, it's day 21, it's to be expected. Um, then I can just cut myself some slack. And I found that once I realized that, I actually found that running up the hill, I wasn't going any slower. Um, I was just feeling a little bit more uncomfortable. And so I was just thinking, well, if I'm on a training run, I just back off a bit and make it comfortable again. Um, but if I'm in a race, I know that I can actually just carry on and that when I get to the top of the hill, I'll be fine. And I just feel a little bit uncomfortable, but it's not actually, it's not a problem. And just knowing that actually made a big difference to me because before I'd been thinking, oh, no, you know, if that happened at the start of a race and you start a race uphill and you're thinking, oh, God, this is going to be awful. This whole day is ruined, you know. But if you know what's causing it, you can be like, oh, I'm not mm -hmm. going down with something. I'm not, you know, I've got nothing to worry about. It's just it is what it is. Um, then actually, I mean, particularly with something like breathing, where stress, of course, makes it much worse. And um, once you've actually accepted what it is and you take that deep breath and you're like, oh, actually, I feel a bit better now. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think there's I think there's an awful lot of progress to be made still. But I think there are certainly some things that we already do know for sure. Um, but a lot of people don't know them. Mm. <laughs> if, that, if any of that makes any sense, I'm not sure if it does. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of big words in there for me, Sophie, right? <laughs> but <laughs> what, what I'm going to say, though, is the progress that we have to make is having the conversation, you know? Yeah. And that's about guys as well being aware of your your partners, your family, your running buddies, and having that chat with people, you know? There's nothing to be afraid of. It's just about having the conversation and, I suppose for understanding, and there'll be a lot of ladies out there, for what you've just described, Sophie, there'll be a lot of ladies who'll be going, ah, light bulb moments, you know? Yeah. So thank you very much for that. Um, but yeah, no, it's fascinating. And you've obviously looked at yourself and been aware of how you are and understood how you are. So yeah. thank you. Thank you very much for, for no, doing that. That's really insightful. I mean, I do some coaching myself um nothing to the degree of what you're you're doing or um, anything sophie but it's even just handy for me to hear that and you know and, and relate it to, mm -hmm. to some of the people that, that i work with and things like that because it is like john said it is a conversation that needs had but it, it isn't just because it's for especially for guys it's uncomfortable to speak about or whatever but yeah. you know it's life and um you know i, I think 
that's been really refreshing um, to, to hear mm-hmm. that perspective on things. Um, for us, we just, you know, we've got a race planned. We just rock up to the race and hope we didn't get injured. And, you know, we, I don't know anything more than that, you know, but to have this, you know, chemicals, you know, balancing at different times of the month around the system and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, okay, is that going to be my sweet spot at that particular time when the race is or is there a will I be battling with you know a different part of my cycle and things like that it's something that mm-hmm. I think guys just have got a complete well no all guys John um on, on awareness of um so it's it's been really um, insightful thank you sorry I'm having I'm having a chuckle because there'll be some of our listeners listening going whoa I wasn't expecting this <laughs> but you know what welcome yeah. to the real world this is this is what yeah. life is this is what it is so thank you very much for that um much appreciated um I think we better chap on the door of the dialect dictionary Sophie Stephen, I'm going to let you do this so well. I'm going to let you introduce the Dialect Dictionary. Yes. At this stage of a podcast recording, we offer guests the opportunity to contribute a word or phrase or term or whatever into our Young Hearts Run Free Dialect Dictionary. My my <laughs> word is a, it's a Spanish word Oof. and it's animo. And it, it literal translation is like strength, courage or spirit. But you hear it throughout races so it's it's what people use to encourage runners but you it's the, the thing that you hear almost all the time from the very start to the very end and very middle so there's no like oh you're halfway or you're nearly there or whatever you just hear this same word which is animal and it basically it's like they don't care about where you are in the race they're asking you to be strong and brave and courageous and full of spirit in this moment um, and so that's one of the a word I really love because it's just it's a fierce word and it's yeah animal and you can say it with vigour. Go and spell yes. it, please, Sophie. Can you spell it? A-N-I-M-O. A-N-I-M-O. Brilliant. I was right the first time. And then so I put it a double E, but it was animo. Right. So, it, yeah, and, and encouragement is like, come on, yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, trying to think of a, I'm trying to think of a Scottish, <laughs> yeah. a Scottish term that sums it up. Right? They're all, well, in, in the UK, it's it. quite often we're telling people where they are in the course. You know, it's like, oh, nearly there, you know, and it's like they don't care about mm. that. They're just like, right now, be strong. I know. I shout, look, looking good. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> because if you tell somebody they're looking good, then they start maybe feeling that, even if they're looking like yeah. an absolute bag of shite. <laughs> Sorry. I tell you. I've I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. And I, very often, if I'm even walking, right, you see somebody running, I'll start clapping and going, come on. Yeah. <laughs> the right to do for a jog, but then I'm going to start shouting, animal! <laughs> Maybe they'll run the polis. But, I was in uh, Chamonix during the UTMB, and I went on the on the day after, so the, the final day of, of the UTMB, when people were the last people were coming down to the finish, I mm-hmm. went up that way because I wanted to go up and, you know, cheer people on and things. And every time I was, I was kind of scouring for numbers and every time I saw a Spanish one, I was going, Animo! And their faces would just light up, you know, because it's, <sighs> it's such a word from home. And they yeah. would be kind of trudging and really quite, you know, quite like looking quite closed and dark. And then their face would just light up, you know, and it just I got to the top so high. I was just like, this is so much fun. <laughs> I tempted is... to go down and do it all again, you know. <laughs> I like that though. It's in the moment. Where you are right now. Yeah. Strength, courage, mm. spirit. I love that. I really do. I like that. So it's it's in. 
it's did we have another Spanish word at one point? Casey. Casey came away with a Casey Morgan. These are a word. I, I, I'm not going to so, try. In the so yeah, it's it's in our Spanish appendix, or, <laughs> which is at the start, of course, <laughs> of this imaginary dialect dictionary. <laughs> it will come out at some point, maybe Christmas 2029 or something. Brilliant. He says. Okay. Um, I want to point people in the direction of Sophie's. Um, Instagram and Twitter as well. Um, at the moment, it's called Runs Rights Code. Whether a departure from the rights code part of the world will force a change in that, I don't know. Um, yeah. But I'm yeah. going to still keep coding. So yeah. Right. Okay. So mm-hmm. Runs Rights Code. Or same on Twitter and Instagram. Give Sophie yeah. a follow, and you'll be able to get um, the links through to the Ultra Potential website as well from from both those so yeah and strava i don't know if you're encouraging people to follow you on strava or not i've i've sent you a strava request so have, I've got, have i not accepted it well i just did it in the last 20 minutes oh, right. <laughs> um, so no it's always good to know where to connect with somebody so just a wee si- couple of signposts definitely yeah but i think you can get all of that stuff by going to Sophie's um, Ultra Potential website. You get it from there as well. So just a wee shout out for that again. But, you know, Sophie, thank you so very much for your time. We've, yeah, it's been a pleasure. We sort of went a wee bit off the cuff somewhere in there. But you know what? It was absolutely fantastic chatting to you. And you've been so open and honest um, and sharing so much. So thank you very much. I hope one day you come back to the North Inch and I will... Mm-hmm. shout animo to you <laughs> as, you're, as, you're, as you're going around there no it'd, it'd be lovely to, to 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 see you i hope one day we can have a big young heart from free get together that's going to be fantastic but i'll be very emotional i guarantee that but i am um, um, but thank you very much for your time i wish you all the very best for the future and hopefully seriously hopefully one day we'll see you back here in scotland and we can have a get together but you'll be yeah. very far yeah. than me but Stephen, i'll hand over to you today. no i just echo what john says thanks very much for giving up your time coming live from the the costas so to speak um <laughs> it's been really really um interesting and we've touched on some topics that you know are, are maybe like john said some listeners will go whoa what what's that but um mm-hmm. it was really refreshing to have those conversations and i just want to say you know good luck on the up and coming costa blanca trails marathon and then those big plans for 2022 we'll be keeping a close mm-hmm. eye on on your your progress at them and don't be surprised if we give you a wee tap on the shoulder to come back and and speak about them again because we mm-hmm. like we like re-catching up with, with, with guests um, it's, it's becoming a habit so no thank you very much Sophie it's been a pleasure thank you very much